Hello and welcome to the Post Up Podcast. This is Cyrus. I'm here with Kaunda. As always, we are ready to get into action. Kaunda, you good, man? I'm great, Cyrus, and it's great to be back. Another week of basketball. Tremendous basketball just went by, and uh, yeah, I think we got stuff to say. We do, we do. Um, we're going to go straight into it, but we'd like to thank our sponsors, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, but our partners in this, Betcoza, who've been uh, really good at bringing us some 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 en- extra entertainment, um, yep. being able to sort of look at ways to to put a little something on on one or two of these basketball games. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as the podcast goes on. We do want to make sure that we also engage you, the fans, and uh, get you to in- engage with us. So please, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Facebook at Post Up Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you'll find at Post Up Podcast on Instagram, mm-hmm. and we are also on Facebook. Just look for the Post Up Podcast, yeah. um, and go to our website postupzone.com. Postupzone.com. Um, Calendar. We've got some of that out of the way first. Let's talk about our topic this week, and we're going to be talking about unexpected great starts for some teams in the NBA. Yep, and surprise strugglers. Um, it's been one of those starts uh, in the league where you just can't believe certain teams are playing so well and others who we had high expectations for mm-hmm. are playing absolutely terribly as of now. Um, yeah. Before we go into the specifics of the teams, have you found the league start to be something, a, a bit of a surprise for you? Or do you think that you know things have gone to plan? Uh, Cyrus, there, there, it's, it's a bit of both. You know, uh, There have been some teams that uh, have performed as I expected, and then some teams are taking two steps back, like my team, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, I know I'm preempting some of the discussion, but you look at them and say, uh, guys, all that talent, uh, it's about time we started really gelling and getting things done. And then you, you go to the East and you have, they don't, in the NBA, they don't like using the phrase the reigning champions, but last season's champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, also, I'm like, mm. Mm, okay, what's going on now? But but you know like like any good sports person would say or somebody taking on a, a challenge it's not how you start right no, that's what they say um, although some of the starts that we're seeing though are creating some cause for concern and perhaps that's why we're going into uh, into the discussion that we're doing today because the other thing about that is that those who have made poor starts will be like no 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 it doesn't really mean anything it'll only get better and yep. those who've made really great starts will be like yeah no no we can we can definitely hold on to this momentum so w- when you look at it you you definitely understand that everybody has a different view on what their start means for them mm-hmm. those who've made good starts and different starts or those who've made poor starts will think it's just the beginning there's plenty that we can do to go uh, to do going forwards. Yeah. So let's talk about the teams that have made really good starts. And we'll start in the Eastern Conference. And for me in particular, these three teams in particular have been sensational. The Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, and the Washington Wizards. Now the Bulls, obviously because of where they, they are, they start, I mean, as of this uh, the time of this recording, they're 6-2 and two in the league. Yeah. And um, it, it's just been really, really great for them. Now, some people have said, yes, but their start, they've played some really simple teams and, you know, they haven't really looked that... I mean, they've good, they've looked good against bad teams, but can they sustain it? And, I mean, that's a whole discussion to be had, but we have to acknowledge that you still have to beat those bad teams, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you beat the team in front of you. I mean, it, if I may go back to the Lakers, I'm going to keep smacking the Lakers because I'm really disappointed with their recent performance, Cyrus. When they took on the Oklahoma City Thunder, you expected this is going to be a win. I mean, it's the Lakers, it's jam-packed. And then OKC, who do they really have? And they lost that game. So you win who, you, who you're playing, right? You beat you, you the team in front of you. Exactly. So, so I, I don't think I 100% ascribe to the fact that you say, no, they had an easy journey or the, they've had weak teams. Who's weak? You, yeah, you, you yeah, can, a, you can exactly. lose on any other day. You know, like, did you, well, uh, maybe we did. Did we expect the Golden State Warriors to lose to the Memphis Grizzlies during the playing game? Well, I, I guess that's also you know the question of which Golden State was it, and, yeah. and some some of us uh, some of us fans, Golden State uh, Golden State fans, were mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's definitely a possibility that this can happen. Um, but and, and I think we also we are preempting some of the conversation. But I do think right. though that when we look at, at at teams like the Bulls, teams like the Wizards, and um, I think we also got to mention our honorable mentions here. We're not going to pay too much attention to them on this podcast. Yep. But the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Charlotte Hornets have been really good this season. Um, the, the the Cavaliers in particular have mm-hmm. looked so much better than everybody expected them to. Um, they've got a record above 500. They're yep. five and four as the, at the time of this recording. And 
you know, every single aspect of that team that people questioned seems to be trending in the positive. Yeah. So when you look at whether Darius Garland and uh, Colin, Colin Sexton, Sexton yeah. can, can continue where they were before, um, that's being answered. Uh, you look at the addition of Larry Markkinen. Some people thought it was, you know, way too too similar player and just wasn't going to deliver. He's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. So they've done really well. And then the Charlotte Hornets, um, you look at them and you say, I mean, LaMelo Ball is just taking his Rookie of the Year accolade and said, now maybe I want to convert that into most a most player, player you know. Yeah. So th- those teams are really on, on, on the up and up. But I have to give kudos to the Toronto Raptors because their season start was poor. Yeah. But they've managed to go on a really good run. They're on a five-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And they are six They are six and three. They're without Pascal Siakam. Yep. Um, it's a, a group that's still learning to play with each other. And they've got that rookie, Scotty Barnes, who's just been incredible to start his NBA now, career. He's great. And, I mean, and, and I'm so glad, much like Pascal and Yanis, uh, you, you know, forwards, right? Mm. He has realized that it only takes three dribbles to get from one hoop to the next. <laughs> I love it. He is insane. <laughs> three I mean, dribbles from it, one hoop to the next. It's not seeing that, right? But but I think the other thing for me about Scotty Barnes in particular is that he's been fearless. Yep. There are very few rookies who go out into the court and just look as if they they're ready to rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the other thing is, especially with rookies, when they miss, their confidence takes a knock. Scotty yep. Barnes has just got that sort of goldfish memory. It, it happened. happened. Moving on. Yep. And and I think that's been really good for for the Raptors. When you look at their stats, they're not really all that impressive. 21st in the league in points per game. They are 7th in the league in rebounds per game, which mm-hmm. is really important. And their defense has been good because yep. they're 3rd in the league there in opponents' points um, allowed. But mm-hmm. 27th in assists a game. So, you know, there's clearly on the, on, on the offensive end, they haven't been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But defensively and getting the ball into their own hands, they're doing really well there. Um, what about the Raptors that stood out for you? Cyrus, uh, first of all, you know, when you look at the Toronto uh, Raptors, right, um, you ask yourself, which superstar do they have? When, mm. you, when, when, you, when you look at the composition of that squad, I mean... There's no stars there. Th- there's really no stars. I mean, it's just no, Pascal Siakam is the only all Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet, maybe. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the guys that were in the old iteration of the team. Yeah. But OG Ananobi. But, but those are not superstars, if you will say. Yeah. If you can say that. You yeah. know, Pascal is a star. The others are just very, the, very the good players and up-and-coming stars. Yeah. Uh, up stars. So, so Cyrus, to, to take a squad like that, although I'll say it again, anybody from those 400-plus players in the NBA that mm-hmm. wears a jersey has got the potential to become a champion. Uh, you know, they're there for a reason. Yeah. You, you get selected because you're a NBA quality, NBA potential, right? Mm. So, um, but I'll say just just the, the the will to win, Cyrus. When you're a team, I mean, there are a couple of teams we can look at in the NBA and say, ah, well, it's just a team of basketball players. There are no stars there. Uh, there's maybe one all star, or maybe not even an all star. Yeah. Uh, and 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 for the Toronto Raptors, especially being the only team uh, out of the United States, also being uh, headed by an African, um, you know. Uh, Head in in Masai Ujiri. Yeah. What is Masai Ujiri now? He's sort of a pres- well, he's been president. He's been of president of, of, of operations, but I think they've made him sort of a chairman. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that about them, and, I, and I'm not downplaying his Africanacity. If I may follow that, if you, I may you're borrowing phrase. a phrase, <laughs> one that's that's been patented, <laughs> copyright. Sorry yeah. uh, to that financial services institution. <laughs> um, but but you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm just looking at it, Cyrus, to say you, you, sometimes you got to use. Uh, it, it, it's sort of like saying playing the hand that you're dealt. So you yeah. use the pieces that you've got. And I think what uh, uh, Nick Nurse has done is he's using the pieces that he's got well. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. to me, that, that's what has impressed me because you, you don't go down, you, you don't go into a season with your head hang low because you, you don't have superstars. Exactly. Woe is me. Where is our super, like, where are our superstars? Let, let's just win a couple of games and, and and see if we can you know draft high or something like that. You know. Yeah. We, 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 you know, you and I hate that T word, that armored truck thing. I will say vehicle. it. I, people be tanking in this mother, you know. But but I think this is the other thing. The Raptors were really poor last season, and that yeah. well, there was lots of different reasons for that. Having to play in Tampa, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just wasn't great for them. And and the, the 
the entire pandemic has really caused them a lot of a lot of headaches. Yeah. But I do think that they're really trending upwards. We we haven't actually spent a lot of time talking about the Chicago Bulls, who we really deservedly need to. Yeah. Because I think of the teams who've made a really, really great start, some people will say they were expecting this. You know, they will say, oh man, this is what we expected when you put this team together. But a 6-2 and two start is, it, it's pretty damn good. You know, when you look at it and you think, this is a, a Chicago team that's still learning to play with each other. Yeah. You know, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, unfortunately, is injured now. Um, Nikola Vucevic, yep. uh, Alex Caruso. And you look at some of the other guys there who haven't even really sort of had to step up, like a Kobe White, for Kobe instance. White, yeah. Chicago look as if they've found something really good, and Billy Donovan has got them playing some good basketball. Cyrus, I, I, might, I might even go out on a limb here and say they're they, they bringing back the kind of 90s-level excitement to Chicago basketball mm. because... Mm. What, what, what is being done first by the big three, uh, nicknamed Da Bolzak and uh, DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> Lonzo Ball, and Zach Levine. <laughs> and then you, Good Lord. <laughs> you add uh, one Alex Caruso uh, in the mix, who's a great, great addition to that squad, and then mm. Nikola Vucevic. Cyrus, that team has got, you know, because at first I was thinking there could be chemistry issues because yeah. obviously I'd never seen Lonzo Ball playing with Zach Levine before because they haven't been like all-stars together. Yeah. And then and then you you, you bring DeMar DeRozan, who obviously uh, came to them via the San Antonio Spurs when he after he left um, Toronto. Yeah. But they seem to have found a way to gel early, which I think is a good sign because it can only get better from here. You know, most teams you struggle at the beginning to find each other's rhythm. Yeah. Then, then you, uh, along as the season goes on, you, you know, you make it work. But these guys, it's like, it's like they've been here before. I think they mm. made great use of the preseason, uh, and, and now they, they, they're just clicking. And I love it, Cyrus. That I mean, I'm, I'm not a Bulls fan by any stretch of anyone's like, imagination, but I love what they're doing. They, they, they are, and it should they're be performing. Loved. Because that's the thing is that, you know, you're looking at a team who are doing their absolute best to play within what they've got. Yeah. They've, they've, they've brought in a lot of really good players and they, they, they finally look as if they've understood how they needed to build. Mm -hmm. They've gotten rid of some really toxic people who'd been in the, in the front office and that's reinvigorated this entire franchise. So, you know, when you look at the Bulls, they're no longer a laughingstock. No, they're a team that are, are definitely going in the right direction. And to beat a team like um, the Utah Jazz, you've got to be really good. I mean, a narrow loss to the Knicks uh, it would make things look a little um, worse. But this Bulls team has actually gotten some really big performances out of the players that they have. Uh -huh. And so this idea that they've had a, a, an easier schedule isn't necessarily wholly true. Um, yes, they've beaten the Pistons twice and beaten the Pelicans, and they should have beaten all of them. That's exactly how it should go. Yep. But then beating the Raptors is no mean feat. The Raptors are still finding we're still finding their feet at the time. But then that narrow loss to the Knicks and then beating the Jazz has showed that this is a team that has got an identity and an identity of of really trying to win basketball games, not yep. just trying to hang around for a bit and then no, going no, on no. holiday. Um, the other team who's really looked good is the Washington Wizards. We mentioned them. Um, what did you call them? Uh, the Washington Lakers. <laughs> the, the Lakington Wizards. The, the Lakington Wizards. And that's, <laughs> so that's just because of the trade, right? You know, with yeah, Russ going to yeah. LA and, uh, and Montrez, Harrell, Kyle KCP. Kuzma, and uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope moving yep. to Washington. Um, I mean, I can see what you're saying, but um, there's more to them than just the fact that they're trying to, you know, replicate some sort of Lakers-type wall. Um, they've, they've been pretty good. No, Cyrus, look, we all know the struggles that one Kyle Kuzma had in L.A. Mm. Uh, I, 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 I know they only let go of Montrez because they really wanted that Russell uh, trade yeah. uh, to go down, and KCP is one of the best uh, spot-up shooters you can find in the league. And, and, and for me, I'm, I'm glad they're making it work, Cyrus. It's always good to see a young player like uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma find his feet again, uh, yeah. and and he obviously he wasn't he was greeted with a bit of um, how can I say cynicism, cynicism yeah, with, with, by some fans when he arrived in in uh, in Washington because yeah. they were like this is not L.A. Don't come with your 
you know, Tinseltown mentality mm-hmm. over here. You don't even perform that well. And then I think it's great that he's proving some of those people wrong. No, it's like, exactly. I can talk the talk and I can walk it too, you know. And, and, and Montrez, Harold, you, you know Montrez puts in work. Yeah, he that, always works hard. That, that guy is a hard worker. And KCP, uh, I always find him to be a focused player. But, but, but it's not just those three. I mean, I, I focus on those three because they're the guys that came from the Lakers. But that squad is just, you know, it's, it's looking good. I mean, let's not forget Bradley Beal. Bra- of Bradley course, and, Beal, and th- he's a massive part in, in As the success. de facto leader of that squad after John Wall left for Houston. You just see him. I think I like the fact that he's emerged as a leader, and mm. there was talk of him going to another squad in the offseason, but I'm glad he stayed in Washington. I think they can do something there. I'm not saying they can win a championship. They're not yet at that no, level. No, not yet. But at least they can put up good fights and wind up in the postseason. But, but this is what Washington fans would have been wanting as a team that's competitive, right? Absolutely. And they haven't had that for a long time. Not and I mean, we're, we're leaving out the likes of Spencer Dinwiddie, who's uh-huh. been really good for them as well. Yeah. And we haven't even seen Rui Hachimura, who's been off um, for, for, you know, his own personal reasons. So, you know, there's a lot to like about this Washington Wizards team. Yep. Um, you know, even somebody like Davis Bertans, mm-hmm. who has had his struggles. Some people call him overpaid, and he kind of is. But he's doing what he needs to for that team. And and Washington have had a really, really good start to the season. They are 5-3. and three. Nobody would have really expected them um, to be sort of high, uh, that high up. It's yeah. exactly the same start if, if from a numbers perspective as the Brooklyn Nets. Now, yes, they haven't necessarily played the same kind of opposition, but it's still the same kind of start. Yep. So, you know, we've got to give props. And the thing here is that, and, and to, to reiterate this to anybody who's listening, we're not saying these are championship teams or anything like that. What we're no. saying is these are teams that have made great starts, and we're really happy to see that. Yeah. Um, because it says that the league is doing well. Let's look at teams in the Western Conference who've made some good starts. Kaunda, you know, when I look at the Western Conference, mm-hmm. there's always, in the past, in the last couple of years, there's been, a, you know, a, a couple of names, I shouldn't say a couple of years, but a few years back, the Golden State Warriors were a team that were perennially challenging. They were champions and they were champions-elect and all of that stuff. Yeah. Then everything fell apart after KD left. Uh, Clay Thompson was injured for two years and mm. they didn't make the postseason for, for the last two seasons. But they have a 6-1 and one record. Yeah. And we're including them in this because nobody really knew what to expect from the Golden State Warriors. So we're looking at the Warriors here. A 6-1 and one record is just sensational for them. Um, do you think that it's well-deserved? I mean, it's the same starters as Utah, who have had the exact same team as last season. Um, should they be on, on a list of surprising starts to the season? Yes, Cyrus, because, I mean, we have spoken about them uh, in the vein of like them being one of those teams that can shock people mm-hmm. because a lot of people were still looking down at them saying, look, Draymond hasn't been the Draymond of old. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're not the championship, uh, you know, no. uh, Warriors Draymond numbers, right? But he knows what he does. He, he, he knows his role in the team. Steph cannot carry the team by himself. No. His plus brother has been you know, out of commission for the last two years, which also impacts the, the team. Exactly, the, departure the performances of, whatever. The, the, the departure of Kevin Durant also had its own impact. And then, mm. obviously, the, the, the other vets had to leave at that time when, yeah. when this, the, the, the almost dynasty started happening, right? Now, you, you, you look at the youngsters they have at the moment, and, and, and you, you wonder, because also, if I may fit in, there was an Andrew Wiggins who came, and then... He's been okay, but he hasn't been the best. But then you, you, you look at the pieces they have and you consider, this is, this is the thing that still puzzles me, Cyrus. Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, and Draymond Green are the vets of this team. Yeah. Are those guys even 33 yet? Yes, yes, they are. And, 33. Uh, look, counter, None of them are 33, you, Cyrus. Okay, look, I think what you have to look at here, right? I mean, you, you're talking about a Golden State team that have had massive success over the last, what, six, seven years? Yeah. And uh, by the way, Steph Curry is 33 years old. Oh, is he 33? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, My bad, Steph. It's that baby face assassin <laughs> thing of yours. I thought he was 32 still. No, 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 no. But but this is, I mean, it's a Golden State Warriors team that has grown together. You know, they, yep. they, they came through the ranks as yep. youngsters. Um, this isn't, uh, you know, that, that team where everybody criticized them because, you know, oh, you just added um, KD and that just made you good. They won a championship without Kevin Durant. They Absolutely. made it to an NBA Finals again the, the next year after that championship mm-hmm. without Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And, and lost to a, a Cavaliers team that was led by a, an almost superhuman LeBron James. 
So I, uh, I look at back in the days. Yeah, those <laughs> things that went, went, and they're still happening. They're still happening. LeBron is still flying around as if he's you know he's found the fountain of youth. But this this Warriors team mm-hmm. is different in a few ways. In the sense that the championship winning teams of old had really great veterans on the bench, yep. up and down. They didn't really rely so much on on youth. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really do a, much development other than in the star players like Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Yeah. Now you look at what's happened over the last couple of years, and you've seen the emergence of a Jordan Poole, uh-huh. who's been really important for them. In fact, he was really great in, in the most recent victory, um, scoring over 30 points. Yeah. Because Jordan Poole is one of the Warriors, um, one of the Warriors development um, kids who's just showed that he's got what it takes to play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily... I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be an all-star. But when you're playing against the likes of uh, the Charlotte Hornets, yep. and you know, you're know you out there scoring buckets for fun, basically, um, you know, people are going to ask questions. I mean, he scored, he, he scored 28 points against, against the Hornets. So, you know, when Steph is having an off night, in the past, it used to be that then the entire team's having an off night. Mm-hmm. Now, you're looking at it. Sorry, I say 28. He scored 31. Now, when you look at Steph in that game against Charlotte, had 15 points. Wiggins yep. had 14 points. Gary Payton the second, 14 points. Damian Lee, 15 points. Last season, you didn't get that kind of production from the guys off the bench. Uh-huh. And we're seeing a lot more of that. And I think this is why we're putting the Warriors up there because they don't necessarily have household names other than the guys we already know. You know, yep. Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Uh, and Andrew Wiggins to a, a lesser degree. Hey, 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 don't downplay Andre Iguodala. Yeah, okay, Finals fine. MVP. Finals MVP, Andre Iguodala. <laughs> um, yes, had three points in that last game. But the thing is, is that these guys are not young. And, and championship coach Steve Kerr. Yeah, look, let, let, they're, 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 they're a good team. They've always been a good team. Yeah. But they haven't been a championship-level team. And that, I guess, is where we're at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So now they're starting to look like a championship team. And their start has been really, really good. I mean, 6-1, and one, that's just nothing to, to, to sniff at. But the team that we really have to go into here mm-hmm. is the Memphis Grizzlies. Your faves, Ja Morant, the player you call your son. Yes. Um, they are 5-3. and three. Same start to the season as the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Lakers. What about the Memphis Grizzlies makes them so good this season? Cyrus, they, 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 they just maintain. It's that uh, blue-collar hard work. Mm. Uh, you know, get, get down and dirty and, and, and grind mentality that they have, and 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 I think a, a youngster, you know, even even a youngster like like, like Jean Morant when he came to that squad, I think being made a sort of de facto uh, captain or leader, if mm. you will, he, he he knows what his role is, and, and and I think he just fitted in so well. He works hard, Cyrus. He he reminds me. And I say this with, with, with all due respect of yeah. a young Derrick Rose. You know, just that explosiveness and how he just works so hard. Active I can hands, see what you're saying. Active legs, I can, active I can hands. I see what you're saying. Flying high. Cyrus, I mean, who in the last minute gets up and does a 360 turn and then does a layup? You know, like, that's yeah. Derrick Rose. No, no, I mean, <laughs> that's it. You know, you, you're pulling on those, those Derrick Rose highlights from back in the day. Absolutely. Um, and, and Morant really is that kind of player. I mean, you know, when you look at him, he was drafted second in the 2019 draft mm-hmm. behind uh, Zion Williamson. Yep. Now there's people saying, man, how could they pick John Morant second? I mean, well, it's he crazy. did become rookie of the year, right? Yeah, well, but he but, did, but but, but Zion Zion was, was injuries and all that stuff. Let's put that in perspective. But, but this was also, I mean, and and this is what I'm talking about in terms of re- revisionist history, in the sense that people are now almost criticizing um, a, a team like the Pelicans for picking Zion over Ja Morant, which would never have happened. You know, I mean, when nah, you look never. at it. Nah. So, but but Ja has always been highly rated. He plays really well. His yeah. real first name is Demetrius. Uh, Demetrius Jamel Morant, and uh, I think he's going to start going for, uh, by Demetrius at some point because yeah, that name is just sensational. He sounds like an Avenger, he Demetrius. Demetrius, the Avenger. But he's playing like an Avenger too. You know, yeah. he's six three, but he's got sensational hops. He's just getting up there, and uh, he throws down some of the the nastiest dunks you're going to see in the NBA. But let's look at the the team as a whole. Yeah, and the Grizzlies are currently 11th in points per game in the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, 9th in rebounds, 5th in assists. Unfortunately, where they're struggling is on the defensive end 
because there are they're twenty eighth in opponents opponent, opponents points allowed, uh-huh. and um, they're averaging you know one hundred and thirteen points against them. When you're averaging one hundred and ten points for that's a losing record. Yet yeah. they're sitting here with five and three. Should we be looking at the Grizzlies? I mean, they they beat the Warriors in the play-in game last season, yep. so they made it to 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 the postseason to the playoffs. Should we be looking at them as being one of the highest seeds in the West? Cyrus, uh, I think the Grizzlies are, are also like the way we spoke about the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, they're not the Golden State Warriors, no. but they will surprise a lot of teams with their performance. They will surprise analysts and fans alike. Because, it, like you said, it's not just Jamarant. First of all, they've got a solid center, uh, a vet who in Steven Adams. He brings mm. a lot of defensive priors. I know it ha- it's not showing on the stat sheet yet. But I think he, he, he he's good for them defensively. Yeah, he he's, is. he's a good rim protector and just he protects the paint well. And, and he's solid. He, he looks like Aquaman, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's if Aquaman was a basketball player with Steven Adams. That is true. And, 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 and look, if you're, if you're looking at the likes of uh, Dylan Brooks as well, great player, Cyrus, you know, great guard. Yeah, I, I like uh, Dylan uh, Brooks. Uh, uh, and, and, and he plays as a guard or as a forward. I, I, I like the look of that young man. And they've got many pieces, Cyrus. And and I, I think they're, they're the kind of team that, that, that is ready to work and push a team and make you earn your points. That's what I like yeah. about. And when I watch the, 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 the Grizzlies, whichever Grizzlies I've watched, even when they had uh, 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 even Gorgi Jang played there at one yeah. point. Cyrus, where they had Mike Conley. It, whichever version of the the the, the, the Grizzlies, the grit and grind. They got that grit and grind, and I think it's it's something that's in, in, engraved or in, in, enshrined in its in the makeup of this this franchise. When you come, I think there's a briefing session, and they tell you, "Look, Cyrus, you, you got to grind over. Yeah, here. We, we 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 don't play fancy Tinseltown type basketball. We, we we get down and dirty over here. I this mean, is what we do. If you look at one of their greatest ever players, Zach Randolph." And you know, Zebo, they are all about the hard work. Now, if you want to talk about what a Memphis Grizzly is, Zach Randolph, yeah. just just look at Zach Randolph and what he did in his career. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and Cyrus, I'm, I'm quite impressed. And I, and I like the fact that I've got a high flyer, flashy guy like uh, Ja Morant. When you mentioned that he's 6'3", Makes me feel like such an underachiever, but moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't John Morant. You were never John Morant. That's why he's my son. <laughs> and, and we should just say, hashtag not really. Um, <laughs> I do think that they've got a really good coach as well in Taylor Jenkins, who's managed mm-hmm. to, to get them to play some really hard-nosed basketball. Yep. They get in other teams' faces, and, and they really work hard for every single one of the points that they score. And they don't want you to score against them. And I think Mm-mm. this is the thing. Although they're allowing a lot of teams to score against them right now, they're still making it a, a, a pretty difficult. So I do think that the, the Grizzlies are a team whose start we should not be overlooking. Nope. Now, let's go to the flip side of this coin. Teams who've made terrible starts. Um, we, we're not going to spend too long on them, mm-hmm. but let's, let's list them. In the Eastern Conference, you've got the Boston Celtics, you've got the Atlanta Hawks, and you've got the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks and Hawks, they've got records of 500 as we're recording this. And uh, those are not terrible, but you expect more from teams who were playing in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, right? Absolutely, Cyrus. Or last season. I mean, they're, they're, they're both 4-4. Four and four, And these are the guys that represented the East at the end and wanted yeah. to go for, for, for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. And I, and I think... Bar a few changes, their squads are more or less the same. Yeah, especially if you look at their cores, their no, cores exactly. are more or less the same. So, you 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 think are they tired or are they just trying to pace themselves? And and you would expect that it's pacing themselves because it really is early in the season. Yanis uh, made the most hilarious joke the other day after their their last win, uh-huh. where he was like, "Man, we got the W. I thought we were tanking." You know. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it's crazy because obviously they have missed the likes of Drew Holiday, but yeah. they just haven't really gotten into a groove. And truth be told, um, they are playing different lineups. I mean, they've been playing Thanasis at the five. So there's a whole lot of tinkering happening at the moment. Sometimes and, you go small. Yeah. and Really small. I mean, the less said about that, the better. But I do think that the Bucks are testing things out. The Hawks in particular also just trying to see what works and, and try to gain some momentum that way. But the Celtics are the real anomaly here. Yeah. Three wins, five losses so far. And um, they won their last game 
Um, but it's not been looking great for Boston. And n- apparently they had a players-only meeting, yeah. um, especially after what Marcus Smart said about his teammates not necessarily looking for him and he's just standing in the corner waiting for the ball. No, but Cyrus, uh, Marcus Smart, first of all, defensively, he, he's a hard worker. Mm. Marcus Smart goes in. He would defend anybody from LeBron to Rondo. Even if you give him AD, he would take a chance at that. Yeah. And, and Marcus Smart is also a great shooter, especially from the corner spots. He's a good point. shooter. Well, okay, good to great. Let's say medium Real to well. Right? to disagree. Medium to well. <laughs> <laughs> he's not medium, he's not well. He's a medium to medium well. Medium to well done. Cyrus, now, when you've got a team that's got two guys that are really emerging as superstars, one is Jason Tatum, the other is Jalen Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, uh, Africa game, Alum, shout out. You know. But... If they're becoming selfish, because as an opponent, Cyrus, you know the two guys that you've got to shut down. Yeah. But if those guys keep going for it and are getting blocked or getting fouled or, or just getting stopped, why not use a Marcus Smart? Who's who's a vet? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's done it. He's just never won a chip. But you know, he, he you, of all I, the recent I get years you. of the of the, uh, the, the the Celtics in recent years, he's been a key part of their performances. Yeah. So why not utilize? And, and, and I think overall, he was not just speaking about himself. He was saying there are you know there are five players on the floor at a time. Yeah. So you don't just use those two. And then if those two are just using each other or, or playing selfish ball, hero ball, it, it's not going to work. And you're going to wind up performing like the way they've performed and you've got a three and five record with yeah. your first eight games. And and Cyrus, it, it's quite disappointing because I thought now that, you know, they they, 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 they traded away uh, a smaller guard and brought in a bigger one in in, in Dennis Schroeder and, and, you know, things are, are looking good. And we, we, we have been expecting Jason Tatum to do great things. We've, we have been expecting Jalen Brown to do great things. But as well as the other members, Al Horford, everybody, we, we're expecting yeah. them to be part of this system. And if there's going to be a, a sentiment within the team that two guys are being selfish, they're not getting far. No, Cyrus, not at all. The, 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 this is going to fall on our, our very own Nigerian coach, Ime Oduka. This is his yeah, first Ime, season. Ime Udoka, oh, Doka, sorry. It's going to be tough. This is his first season. Big shout out to Nia Long. This is his first <laughs> season. <laughs> oh, man. This is his first season, and, and, and I think he doesn't need that record on his plate, Cyrus. You, no, you, he you, doesn't. You know what I mean? But but this is what it is, and they got to learn fast. And the thing about the Celtics, though, is that mm. when you look at them, they're eighth in the league in points per game. Uh-huh. So they can score the ball. Absolutely. 11th in rebounds, they can grip the ball. Yep. 13th in assists, they pass the ball. What they don't do is stop the ball going into their own basket. They are 29th in the league when it comes to um, opponents' points allowed and i mean in a league is, with 30 teams exactly right? exactly so you can't be the second last team in that category and expect to do good things so defensively they're playing really poorly and that's one of the things that needs to be focused on and perhaps this is where people need to turn around to marcus smart and say yes you want to shoot the ball but that doesn't seem to be the problem that you guys have your your problem is that you're just not stopping other teams from scoring on you and that's where Udoka's got to really get them to start working better. But, um, but Cyrus, I'm going to jump in there because I, th- that's what I do. When you're not feeling that you're part of the offensive solution, you're not going to work that hard to be part of the defensive solution, Cyrus. You, you must be part of the whole solution. You, you have to be part of the game. Losers think that way. Really? Yes. He's got to be a winner. A winner says, I'm not going to get my looks on offense. Let me stop these guys from scoring to, to make sure my team wins. Uh, Cyrus, because if you're going to be, because you know, what you're talking you, about you, is you, you know, No, but I, I was about to also qualify that in that Marcus Smart is the, the, the emotional yeah. leader of this team. You, you know Marcus yeah, Smart. Yeah, he's yeah. a Draymond Green. He, he's a Pat Beverly. He, he's one of those kind of players who, mm-hmm. who gets very worked up. He, he, you know, when he's doing good, he, he gets his Russell Westbrook, you know, Godzilla chest banging thing going on. So he's that. He's the emotional yeah. leader of this team. So if you get your emotional leader worked up in the wrong way, it's not going to work. It's reminiscent of when Draymond Green called out Kevin Durant during an important game. Uh, you know, at, in his final season. I mean, I hear you. You know, it, I hear it, it you. causes that thing. And, 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 and I know what you mean as well as losers because 
then the Warriors ended up losing. But well, they actually won. no, they ended up losing because it, it wasn't <laughs> a good look. <laughs> it wasn't a good look. You know, we're actually on the floor. They start arguing. Yeah, and, and, and this is what I see potentially happen with uh, with Marcus Smart because he is that emotional kind of player, and he might just call them out in the middle of a game, like, "Dude, you keep missing, but you're not passing to me. What is your problem?" And that does not only affect look, him. I, I get you. You see I, what I mean? I get you. And and look, perhaps it's wrong to call his attitude a, a losing attitude. It's very but wrong. But you've got to work on defense. And this is a team thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Marcus Smart, who's a two-time defensive, uh, um, all-defensive uh, all first-teamer. Yep. So, you know, they've got to do better as a team. And I think that's on Udoka. That's on the entire coaching staff. And they'll get it right, I think. But it's taking a heck of a long time to get there. Um, to round off this sort of list of teams who've underperformed, and I think we'll only just talk about one of them, because we can't l- like let the LA Clippers off the hook here. They've been absolutely abominable in, in certain uh, aspects of this season um, with their uh, record sitting at a lowly 3-4. and four. But the big story for me is the Portland Trailblazers with the 3-5 and five record. Um, no, no, no. Before you move on, I have to make my statement of the month. Yeah. Paul George is not that guy. Yeah, you keep saying that. <laughs> when the reality is, Paul George is that guy. No. The problem is, he cannot do everything. And this is the issue that the Clippers have, is that they just do not have enough of the right kind of players on, on, on their roster at the moment. They're on a, a two-game winning streak at the moment, uh-huh. but all of their losses are not all on Paul George. Their leader is a poor leader. Mm. If Kawhi was fit, this kind of stuff mm. wouldn't be happening. Interesting. Interesting. He is not a good leader. That's that's why I say he's not that guy. If you want him to score, he can score. Poor George, I mean, playoffs P can can be awakened anytime. We, we weren't gonna score. go down this road, but here we are. He he um, can score, okay. but but there's also pandemic P. So you, you, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I I think that Paul George gets a heck of a lot of unfair criticism and you know, I do feel for the guy. Maybe he yeah. isn't uh, that leader, but I don't necessarily think Kawhi Leonard is a leader. He's a doer. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, the difference. Is Kawhi Leonard will just keep quiet and just beat you. Um, Paul George, unfortunately, talks smack and sometimes gets smacked in the Cy- face. Cyrus, what kind of a leader goes up to the greatest shooter this game has ever seen and starts betting him to shoot from the logo? Look, I was like, suicide anyone? But the thing is, <laughs> As Paul George has said in the and past, he was mic'd there's, up. There's, there's bad shots and there's bad shots, right? Ooh. The thing is, is that Paul George, his mouth sometimes writes checks that is that uh, you know he he can't cash. Yeah, and this is potentially where the Clippers have a major issue because I think that from a regular season perspective, I don't see any of the players on their team being the kinds of guys who really rally this team to to big wins. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Jackson played well in the playoffs. But yeah. the thing with him is that it's a consistency issue sometimes. And then you're leaning on some of the other guys there like Nick Batum, who we love, but he's not necessarily known for his his, his output being mm-hmm. so consistent. So everything then falls on Paul George to do a heck of a lot of work. There's no Serge Ibaka. Um, I just don't no see where the scoring is coming from. And, and Bledsoe has just not done anything. When was the last time you saw Bledsoe do something? But let's not hit on the Clippers too hard, Cyrus, because in their defense, right, they, they have Nicola Batum, who's well-known for defensive prowess, right? Mm-hmm. Poor George, also known to be a great two-way player. They're eighth in, 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 opponent. in opponent points, yeah. So th- th- that defensive side is showing there. You can see that. But they can't but, score, but, right? But they can't score. That's the only problem. And that's when, when Kawhi comes in, all that changes. And, but, and, that, and that is to my point, right? Because mm-hmm. how many of their points are going to come from Paul George and how many of those do you need him to get? Because if, for instance, we look at the Lakers and you take out AD and you ask LeBron to lead this exact unit, yeah. it's going to be really tough. Very, very. And, and I think that that's what we're looking at when we look at this Clippers team is that you've lost the Clippers version of, of LeBron or AD, you know, mm-hmm. that other superstar. Mm-hmm. And you're asking the likes of Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris Sr. to do things that they just don't do consistently. And that's the biggest issue for me. And we're yeah. not even talking about the team that has the, the worst problems just because you're a hater. We're talking about <laughs> the trailblazers here. And, um, and I think that's th- one of my biggest problems is I don't see where it goes positively for the Blazers from here. Um, 
Cyrus, I'm going to say something very controversial about the, the Go Portland for it. Go for it. The Lillard-McCullen combination has failed. It, it's time to look at something new. That backcourt, which is supposed to, which they're supposed to build a team around, just doesn't work. I, I mean, enough respect to CJ McCollum, another uh, African uh, NBA Africa game alum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dame Lillard, one of the best point guards in the in the league. He's obviously going through a slump at the moment. Yeah, but Cyrus, I, I think maybe they can do better in other combinations not not not, not as the two of them because how, how long has this combo been in ex- oh existence oh gosh now you're asking me questions um i mean it's, it's been a good number yeah, of it's years. a Let's good just number stay of with years. a good number of years because it's been more than 5 no definitely i mean you know when you look at Damon and cj as as a backcourt combo they are a really good combination but they've been together for so long and not necessarily changed much mm-hmm. right yeah because CJ's been there since 2013. That's um, a while. And, uh, you know, you, you do want more from them. But I do think that the biggest issue they have isn't necessarily just the Dame-CJ thing. Because in many cases, CJ is the one who's actually pulled the, the, the Blazers up. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dame has actually gone in the, in the opposite direction. Um, so I don't necessarily know if breaking that up is the biggest problem. I mean, Dame's been there 2012. Yep. Um, and then CJ 2013. So mm-hmm. it's been so long that they've played together. Maybe they do need a change. Yeah. I do think, though, that their biggest issue was that they did make a change and it was a coaching change. And te- Terry Stotts had to go. Mm-hmm. It was just more of the same every year. You just didn't know what was going to happen. But then have they made a change in the right direction yeah. in, in, in the new coach? And I don't know if... That's necessarily. It's too early to to be calling out Chauncey Bullips here because yeah, you know, way, way too early, Cyrus. Way too early. But but the record that this team has is not good, and when you look at it, I mean they're scoring well. Uh, they're ninth in the NBA in points per game, fifth in rebounds per game, but assists twenty first, opponents points eighteenth. So th- defensively, they're they're poor. They're not passing the ball around enough. And, and so they're not sharing the ball. And, and that's one of the biggest issues. But you see, Cyrus, another thing with this squad, because there's been so many changes in the front court, um, uh, you look at Damon, he just said, okay, we, we, we did sort of like hate on them a little bit, but they're a good backcourt combo. But look at who they have in the front court. And, and I, that's the I, biggest I mean, problem Nurkic, for me. Yusuf Nurkic is never 100% fit. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen him in recent years go a whole season without taking a lot of time off. Scoring prowess, they brought in the likes of Norman Powell from from the Raptors. He's great. Dennis Smith Jr., who also played for for, for, for the, and, uh, and, the Knicks and, and, and Dallas Mavs. Yeah. He, 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 he's a great guard. But if you look at their front court, Larry Nance Jr., you know. They, they don't have a lot of really solid guys to, to give them production consistently. And Nurkic ben for McLemore, me. Cyrus, you know, I think it's Robert Covington. It's just the, the team composition is not yeah, something that's going to exactly. give you a deep postseason berth here. No, exactly. And, and when you look at them having to make changes, in order to do that, you probably have to give up an asset like a CJ McCollum. So, yep. you know, what do you get back? What is your plan going forward? There's a lot that is wrong with the Blazers. And uh, we have to just make sure that we highlight just how poor their start is because there's questions to be asked here. So we're going into the last uh, portion of the show. And this is the point where we talk about some of the betting things that you want to take uh, take a look at. Mm-hmm. Um, we, what do we say? This this segment's called Counter. Um, post-up zone. Excuse me, your your post up betting corner powered yeah. by Betcoza. Absolutely, I thought you'd remember that, but uh, it's forgot, a lot of words. You forgot how, <laughs> how old I am. <laughs> well, on your post up betting corner powered by Betcoza, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, a couple of of bets that you should be looking at making um, outright bets. The one that I want to highlight here is the Rookie of the Year. Now, Kaunda, the Rookie of the Year betting is really really interesting because. A player who wasn't high up there, but has now shot to to you know pretty good odds is Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors. And I'm wishing I'd put a little bit down uh, at the beginning of the season because I had a feeling he'd be he'd be the guy who'd shine. Really, but, you know his odds at 16 to five. Um, well, they're not going to get you tons of money, but uh, but he's good betting. I mean, 10 rand 
on Scotty Barnes to win Rookie of the Year will bring you back 42 Rand 50. Not as of bad. Today. So the returns on that are pretty good. That's 32 Rand 50 you didn't have yesterday. Oh, no, that is very to 42 Rand 50. And um, I mean, you look at Jalen Green, who has the exact same odds, and you're getting the same return. Now, crazily, the person that people thought might win it was the actual number one pick, Cade Cunningham. Mm-hmm. But he was out injured. He's just come back. A 10 Rand bet on him will net you 55 Rand in return. So nice. if you're looking at taking like even a 25 Rand punt, you'll get 137 Rand 50 back. So, you know, I think that those are the top three guys to, to potentially keep an eye on. Um, I'm always a fan of looking for, for value and somebody who might just really shock us. Here's one for you, Counter. Franz Wagner. Right? Franz Ready for Wagner. this. Yes. Franz Wagner. 30 to 1 odds. You put a cheeky 25 Rand bet on him, you could net yourself 775 Rand if he wins Rookie of the Year. Where's my wallet? <laughs> <laughs> we know where it is with your love for the Lakers. Um, and the other one, I mean, I'm always a big fan of looking at the Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the other one to look at from the outright betting stakes is the leading scorer. And leading scorer is always a great one. Now, the, the list here really is just, you know, a sort of greatest hits of people who have done it. The last season's leading scorer is Steph Curry. Yep. He's, he's at, his odds are 2-1. to one. So you place 10 Rand on him, you'll get 30 Rand back. Um, Kevin Durant at 7-1. to one. Those are not bad odds. 10 Rand on him nets you 80. So, so right? the greatest shooter and the greatest scorer. Well, I'm not surprised you that know, one and two. Bradley Beal. He's at seven to one w- as well. Wasn't he number two last year? He was. He uh-huh. was. So not a bad, not a bad shot. But if you want to take one or two, you know, sort of swings at it, right? Okay. Um, maybe this guy could sustain it. I'm not sure. Ja Morant, your son. Woo. Odds of twenty to one to finish as the leading scorer at the end of of, of the regular season, and uh, ten rand bet on him nets you two hundred and ten rand. I'm intrigued. You should if, be. If he starts shooting more threes, maybe uh, I might drop that. No, I'm, I think it's definitely worth looking at. So uh, for all of you out there listening to uh, the post-up betting corner powered by Betcoza, um, those are some of the things that you can definitely take a punt on. And what we want to do to end off the, the show is to talk about games to look out for this weekend. Mm-hmm. The odds for these will be up. The markets will be up closer to the games start. So make sure you go to the website and keep refreshing that to see what kind of odds you get in these games. Counter, we're starting with one Saturday morning, 1.30 in the morning. It's the Knicks versus the Bucks. Central, Central African, African time, time right? Yeah. Central African time. Knicks versus Bucks. Who do you have in that one? You see, as much as I would like to see the Knicks uh, upset the Bucks, especially being that they're both New York squads, I, 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 Both I, I, New York. Oh, squad. sorry, sorry. In my head, I'm seeing Nets. I'm, in my head, I'm seeing Nets. My bad. Knicks versus Bucks. Yes. The Knicks are playing the current champions. I, I think that's a in foregone. Milwaukee. Oh, that's a foregone conclusion. Giannis will Eurostep throughout those guys from New York. Interesting, interesting. I'm, I'm going to go against you here because the Bucks have been really poor this season. I think the Knicks might just have the rub of the green on this one. So, um, Knicks to win that one. Um, oh Lord. Early Sunday morning, 1.30 a.m. Central African time. Jazz versus Heat. Fantastic game to look out for. Um, who are you calling in that? This is a tough one, Cyrus, but I am a big Jimmy Butler fan. Jimmy G. Backets and the G stands for Gets. So, he could be a potential MVP this season. Mark my mm. words. Interesting. The Heat, with Jimmy Butler and the Heat are taking this one. By a very narrow margin, but they're taking this one. Okay, so you think the Heat there. Um, heat. I'm going to say that I think the Jazz will win that one, even though they're playing in Miami. I just think the Jazz are, are a tough team to beat. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you look at it, you think, okay, can, can the Heat really, you know, get past these guys, outscore them? Probably, I mean, with the likes of, of Tyler Hero, but I think this is where Jordan Clarkson is going to shine. So I'm going to go with the Six Utah Jazz. Okay. Um, and, and just to, to go back to the point you made about Jimmy Butler, he's 30 to, 35 to 1 odds to win MVP. So, you know, let's there say you go. drop 25 Rand on Jimmy Butler to, to win MVP at the end uh-huh. of the regular season, you could end up with 900 Rand. So um, definitely worth looking at. If Once again, where know, is where's my wallet? My wallet huh? Nice. <laughs> Two more games to look for on, on Sunday morning. One at 2 a.m. Central African time. It's the Sixers versus the Bulls. Um, who are you calling in that one? Cyrus, I, I, I'm impressed with what the Bulls are doing, but that, that boy, uh, Joel Embiid, as we stand, their most recent encounter, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, 
led the 76ers over the Bulls. I think he can do it again. I'm going 76ers. Although they're playing in Chicago, I'm a Sixers fan in this game. Okay, so Sixers for you. Mm-hmm. I think this is the Bulls one to win. Um, they're going to be uh, at the American Airlines Center, and they're yep. going to do what needs to be done. So Bulls for me in that one. Um, Lakers versus Blazers, 4.30 in the morning, Central African time, on Sunday morning, um, just before church. You can wake yeah. up and watch that game. Um, Lakers-Blazers. So it's a Lakers game. We've spoken so much trash about the Blazers. This should be a Lakers cakewalk, right? No, no, Cyrus. Uh, the Lakers have lost to the likes of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. So, and they made a game of it against the Houston Rockets. For you, goodness you know, sakes. That, yeah. it was a one-point game at some point with seconds to go, yeah. and things could have gone anywhere. So, I think th- th- this could be a statement game for Dame Lillard. I know we've spoken a lot of trash about the the Blazers, and I'm a Lakers fan, but I'm also a realist. So, I think this one could be one of those games where the Lakers are shocked, especially wow. if Russell is not paying attention. Wow, that, that's really interesting, considering that it'll probably be Russell Westbrook who has to guard Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a really interesting game. Um, I, am I doing this just to be different? Um, <laughs> I think the Lakers are going to beat the Blazers. I think the Blazers are just really bad, mm-hmm. and Nurkic won't be able to stop Anthony Davis. It's as simple as that for me. Okay. Um, and the final game of the weekend is NBA Sunday's Clash. Lovely time, 10.30 p.m. Central African time on Sunday evening. It's the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Toronto Raptors. That's one we're going to be watching live. Counter, who do you have? Cyrus, th- th- this is when uh, I support the underdog. Everybody w- will expect the Nets to walk away with this one. But I, I-, I trust my man OG Ananobi. He's going to be on his A game. He- he's going to catch these guys off guard. It's going to be in Toronto and, and, and I think the Raptors for the win. I do think that the Raptors will be up for this one. It is a home game for them. Um, and it's a chance for Toronto faithful to see Kevin Durant in the building. The yep. last time he was there, um, Things it, didn't, didn't, end, quite it well. didn't end badly for, for, uh, for them because they went and won a championship. Yep. But um, I'm going Nets on this one. I think the Nets will beat the Raptors in that game. Um, but as a disclaimer, no persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. Winners know when to stop. Mm-hmm. National Responsible Gambling Program is available, and you can actually call on 0800-006-008. That's 0800-006-008. Or WhatsApp help on 076-675-0710. If you've got a, little, if you've got a problem with gambling, make sure you get in touch with those guys on those numbers and get some help. Uh, but for those of you who are just having a cheeky punt and you really just want to go out there and, and, and see what you can get from the game, make sure you go to Bitcoza. You'll you'll have a fun time. Um, Kounder, we've come to the end of the, the podcast. It seems time just flies when we're talking basketball, Cyrus. It really does, especially when we're talking about how bad some teams are and where we <laughs> disagree on them. But uh, it's been sensational. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you interact with us on our various platforms, uh, post up podcast. Uh, this is what you're listening to. You want to go to at Poster Podcast on Twitter, yep. at Poster Podcast on Instagram, and look for the Poster Podcast on, on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, visit postupzone.com as well. Thank you, and we'll get back to you next week.